How crucial is video in your business's marketing efforts? Well, it's kind of a big deal. People are looking to connect with people and the people behind businesses. If someone is looking for a service, your service, they are looking for someone to deliver that service. And the first place they will get to know you is online. But as a business, creating video content looks different. Don't compare yourself to those who create content full-time. You know, yeah. running a business as a CEO, it's a very different thing from running a business as a content creator. And if you aren't comfortable on camera or you don't know where to start with video marketing, then this episode is for you. My special guests and I are going to chat all about it, give you some video ideas and tips to make it easier to show up for your potential clients online, and we'll of course be sharing some of our own stories and laughs. Let's get to it. Hi, I'm Lindsay Berta, founder of Berta Marketing, a marketing agency designed specifically for small business owners where I handle all of your marketing so you can focus on what you love. My special guest this episode is Joseph Rubelli. Joseph is a communication strategist and video and marketing expert. After a background in sales and marketing and business across Europe, the Middle East, and Africa, he combined his experience in corporate with a passion for storytelling and communication. He founded his own digital agency, Rubelli Digital, in 2020, focusing on helping coaches, creators, and entrepreneurs transform their businesses into strong digital brands, leveraging social media marketing and public relations. And he has some great video tips and insights to share. Hey, Joseph, thanks for joining me. So you've worked all over and you are in New York now, right? Yes, I am in New York City. I moved here in March, 27 of March this year, wow. after two years down the line, because I was supposed to move here in 2020. And then, of course, the whole planet stops. Um, so I moved from the UK. And um, for anyone tuning in, I am Italian. I grew up in Italy. Then I moved to England when I was 21. I lived in the UK for 10 years. And now I live in New York City. So it's really fun. Wow, that's um, awesome. Yeah, it's good. You know, this is my my second move. I lived in, in the Middle East for a bit. It was only for work as well. So I've been oh, wow. around. I did yeah. travel a little bit. Um, it was good. <laughs> I think it's, you know, you have to get used to it. It is yeah. a very different culture. Uh, I've been in America many times on holiday, but living here, it's very, very different. Uh, yeah. Now I think, <laughs> you know... I think I'm getting used to it, um, yeah. but I always say for anyone that makes a big change, as you know, moving to a new country, uh, moving to a new job, all these big yeah. changes, they really sort of shake up your routine, if you will. Um, you yeah. really need to give yourself a year. Now it's been, what, three months down the line, and I am very... Um, much like in it, I am settling in. I love the fact that we have season here because in England the weather is kind of like the same all the time. Oh, Although yeah, now they yeah. have a heat wave. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. And, you know, there are some patterns that you that you have as a person, and I I see myself um, in the last couple of years. I relocated from London to the northeast of England before I moved to New York because mm -hmm. it was you know during COVID. I didn't want to live in London. So I rented my house in London and then I moved uh, to the Northeast where it's a little bit quieter. And, you know, I really been able to appreciate a different pace of life, which allowed me now to be able to say, okay, great. I love the buzz of New York, but I want to come out of it whenever I can. So yeah. it's really good because if you talk to me in 2019, I was the ultimate city boy, the person going <laughs> to every single, you know, social event, working nine to five, going out for drinks, doing that, you know, I was very social. Yeah. And now I find that very exhausting. Uh, yeah. I think I change and I allow myself to discover a new side of me, which is so much more introverted than I gave myself credit for. I always yeah. thought, you know, I'm not an introvert. I'm a very out there person. I actually am very much more introvert now than I was before. So it's really interesting mm -hmm. how you get to know each other through such a challenging time such it was, you know, the last couple of years. Yeah. And get to know yourself because yeah. um, um, exactly the same way. I always call myself an ambivert because I'm extrovert and I'm introvert, you know, it depends I like on that. My, yes, it depends Ooh. on my situation because, you know, I used to do a lot of, um, this is a whole other topic, but I used to do growing up from a very young age, I did a lot of performing. I did music. I did you know, and stuff like that. And that makes you, you have to be very extroverted. You're, you know, talking to people, you're on stage, you're, you know, and then, but then on my everyday life, I like to just be quiet. I like to stay at home. Exactly. I, and know? 
especially showing up online a lot, like you do and I do, mm-hmm. people get used to the persona that they see online. The person behind the screen um, yeah. is very similar but different. Because, you know, oh, yeah. I always say to people, you see a 25 seconds video and probably a 10% of the life of a person. So you can't really assume anything from it. And, you know, and on social media, you do share what is related to the person that follow you. You know, you share a part of that, you know, is interesting to them. That doesn't mean it's your whole life. You know, I like what you pointed out. What you said is that it's not one. Yes, we can share as much as we possibly can, but you're still only seeing like 10, 20 seconds of, of a person. So we want to make sure that what we are putting out there is, you know, quality content, especially as a business. Yeah. Like what are, you know, as a business, there are certain things I'm just not going to post video wise, uh, because it won't serve me. It won't serve my audience. It won't serve. Right. That doesn't mean I'm being, not being myself. It's just, I'm choosing what is, is, you know, also, you know, I agree. And there's a big difference. And I think, you know, when I speak to business owners, I, um, I have my digital agency, Rebelli Digital. We do creative marketing for businesses, which is very different from creative marketing for content creators. And I yeah. always say, you know, when, even when you speak to business owners and, you know, they call, I deal with industries that are a little bit, that are a little bit less out there. I do automotive engineering. I do mm. dentistry. I do plastic yeah. surgery. I do dermatology. So the old people that have a profession, uh, which is their main revenue stream and they use social media to market that, which is great. But the approach of doing that, it's very different because I said, you know, yeah. running a business as a CEO, it's a very different thing from running a business as a content creator. So yes. the revenue and the, you know, the revenue come from other things and the metrics that matter to you as a business owner are very different. So um, I always try to point that out. And, you know, when it comes to sharing and oversharing, I think you find the balance through the years. There was mm-hmm. a time when I started in 2017, 2018, Instagram was a very different place. I was very much focusing to travel. Travel is a big passion of mine. I will go in different cities every weekend in Europe and I will use the captions of Instagram as a little blog to kind of get to know people get to know the person behind the screen but then what happened was I was sharing a lot of my personal life and I thought you know there's nothing wrong with it I just don't think this is the direction I want to take as a business owner Mm -hmm. I don't want to compromise my privacy and compromise my private life with the fact that you know and you have to be comfortable with it and I wasn't so um I was just doing a big sharing of everything and there was a lot of stories and a lot of content and I was just like okay great Mm -hmm. let's take a little break let's see how I can make this sustainable because realistically you get to a point where if you feel that what you're about to share with that share bottom feels itchy to you and uncomfortable because it's something that you wouldn't share you probably want to question yourself twice before you do it and that doesn't mean that you don't have to you just Mm -hmm. want to be mindful that you know, the impact is different. And I came to a very comfortable place now where I share quite a lot of it. And I share in my own narrative, my own way. And this is the beauty of social media. You share what you want with your own narrative and you want to keep it authentic. Of course, you don't want to share Mm -hmm. something that is not. And this is a big problem online. Sometimes you see people having this wonderful lifestyle and it's all from stock.com, you know, it's not real. (laughs) And I think it's very difficult because you, we are going through, I am starting to have um, younger audience following me, uh, younger freelancers, younger people that come out of university. They are interested to work as a freelancer. And I always say to them, you know, don't be flashed out by the smokiness of social media. There is so much more to it. So yeah. I think that's very important for me. One of my purposes online is to make an impact with the content in line to deliver value with what I share, but at the same time to keep it extremely, extremely relatable uh, because um, it's very, you know, I always say when people say, to me, which content work, create a content you would like to see. Mm-hmm. Create, because yeah. create a content you would like to see and share that. And, you know, it can be a format. For example, I come from, radio broadcasting that was one of my first jobs then I went into sales and marketing for a lot um, and doing sales and marketing for corporate which is where I am now able to put that experience into working with businesses behind the scene because I have a very corporate approach mm-hmm. um, so what happened in radio was I used to love commentary and my yeah. commentary style of reels is what people like the most because it's like you know and um, it's some sort of 
societal you will see on the red carpet, let's say, of celebrities yeah, yeah. when they go to the Met Gala, but uh-huh. I'm talking about digital marketing. So I use the content I would like to see, so the commentary, but approach to my audience yeah. in a way that is, you know, it's about the angle. It's not about the content. Many times you might have somebody in a different niche that does something that you like mm-hmm. um, in terms of, because I always say, what kind of content do you consume when you're not working? That's a very mm-hmm. important question to ask. And if you're in the That's audience right question. now, you're listening to, yeah, if you're yeah. in the audience right now, you're listening to this, ask yourself this question, which platform do you use as a user and not as a creator? For me, it's TikTok. Okay, so I go to oh, TikTok yes. as a user and I scroll <laughs> endless. Yeah, I can get sucked into that one for hours. <laughs> yeah, and for me, I am somebody that goes and I will look at the celebrity fashion police and I will do that and I will look at the um, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial, all those things that, you know, I <laughs> yeah. just used to, you know, switch off or the Real Housewives, for example. I love all that stuff because it's yeah. sort of a way to not think about anything else. Mm-hmm. So it's really funny to me. And what I thought a few months ago, I was like, I like this style of commentary. And I think I can bring that into my audience, but then I can make it, I can twist it to something that they're interested in. And there was a creator on, on Instagram that I follow and her name is Carol. She's really good. And she shares something oh, that yes. I thought was really, yeah, yeah. I follow her too. She's great. She's really good. So she shares something that I thought was really interesting. It's reaching from demographic to target audience because when you talk to target when you talk about target audience people talk about the age and the reality Mm -hmm. is what they are interested in and what I and you know I thinking about that I was like that's really true because that's what I did I know my audience was interested in these things so Mm -hmm. I know they were interested on Netflix on this particular series and I basically twisted into something they might find value out of it so I did a series from for example, Sex and the City, and I analyzed oh, yeah. how Jessica Parker being the first influencer as Carrie Brescia. So that's influencer marketing, but with a twist of TV. So uh, that was oh, yeah. really interesting. Yeah. So it's really about making it your, um, making something that works for you in a way mm-hmm. that is interesting to who follow you. Definitely. And I love what you said earlier. You said about there is a huge difference between being online as a CEO of a business and a you know full-time content creator. Because as a full-time content creator, you're really, you, you are what you're selling. Now, of course, in all aspects, I think we are all personal brands selling, you know, what we're selling, but especially as a content creator, that's your, that's your main thing, you know, and maybe you have some products or, you know, services outside of that. The difference with a CEO is you have an established business. Now you need, you want to attract people to that business. So yeah, you want to throw in some personality. Like you said, what are they consuming already? Kind of do that. Like you said, with the commentary videos, I love those as well. And so you want to make sure that each piece is related to that service that you offer or that, um, you know, why, why you want people to attract you. Cause like you said, you are sharing a lot of your personal life and things like that. So you might start gaining a lot of followers for that reason, but those followers may never buy because that's not, they're following you because, oh, I see he loves to travel and I love to travel, but yeah. maybe they're not a business who, you know what I mean? So it's, you have to make sure you're hitting that target audience. So that really is the big difference that I see. Um, yeah, it's very true. And also, you know, when I started, I, you know, I left my corporate job. I was a um, business development manager for a big beauty brand and I was responsible for the UK market, the Italian market, Germany and the Middle East. And nice. it was a it was a very fun job because I got to travel. It was really, you know, hands-on on the marketing side. I was working with influence marketing. My previous role prior to that was uh, I was in charge of influence marketing partnerships. So I knew a lot about the influence marketing side of it. So when I started working for myself, I was working I was doing consulting for beauty brands and startup. And then I was using Instagram to market myself as a content creator, which was not the right thing to do because I was getting, as you said, the wrong type of audience. And I want to explain this for anyone that is confused what being a content creator and being a CEO on Instagram means. So if you're a content creator, your your main revenue stream, and let's say influencer content creators, et cetera, you work with brands and you're doing a partnership. To be able to get to that partnership, you have certain metrics that matter. So it would be the engagement, it would be the views, it would be the likes, follow it would count. be the followers. Yeah. Yeah, follow count. So all those metrics 
are important to the brand you're working with. And from a perspective of somebody that used to look for influencers and content creators, I can say to you what the business will look at is the engagement and is how the community is uh, invested in what you share. So, um, you know, I remember I would go through an account of content creators and influencers, see what type, what type of content and what type of comments, pardon me, they will, um, they will share. For example, somebody will do a partnership with a fitness brand. I will go underneath the sponsor post and say, okay, great. Uh, they just say, oh, you look great. Or uh, they say, oh, you know, I'm interested in the product. And that's where I will then make my decision whether that person was, you know, worth it for us or not. And that's a different way of working. You know, it still is the yeah. revenue stream. But when you're a CEO, in reality, you have a product that you are selling. And the most important parts for you are website taps, DMs, comments. For example, um, a very simple example of strategy when you're working as a content creator and when you're working as a CEO. Let's say you're doing a real series, right? And you are a business owner. You are testing the market to launch a new course. Let's make this very simple example. Mm -hmm. And you are creating a series around the topic and what you are doing, you are sharing value about this topic and then you want people to engage on the comments. Now, the yeah. point of, you know, the metric for you is to go on the comments and see what people are saying about this series. Do they want more? Do they mm -hmm. want more tips? Do they find it useful? Do they find it interesting? And that's your macro research reel. So that's your reel for yeah. you. You might do five or 10 of them and you want to go through the comments and see what people say. If the series is interesting, if people find value, if they say to you, oh, this is something I really needed, that's for you. It's yeah. telling you that there is a gap for you in the market so you can create a paid product around that. So I did this for my series called Edit Like a Pro. So mm -hmm. I basically created a series with other creators as well. So I collaborated with people that were in the same niche. What we did, we did very simple tips about editing. Because I realized when I started niching down to video uh, back in 2020, I realized the main problem there was camera confidence. And then now my audience is more like, now I am on video, but I don't know how to edit them. And I realized editing yeah. makes such a big thing. And my video always kind of, stand out because of the editing mm -hmm. so i created a series around that and i was like okay great this are, thank you so <laughs> these are all the tips that i that i do that i share and i was like okay let's try to see the series i did 10 parts of it and the engagement was great so mm -hmm. i created a course called edit like a pro which is a one-on-one -on -one coaching um where you work with me on zoom and i teach you the psychology behind editing so that's yeah. the product for me and what happened is every single person that commented my video on the edit like a first series it's a potential warm lead for me so yes. i know that that's the people that are interested in the product yeah. and you're and building awareness exactly yeah so and also so that's how i created it i created a i created a video about something that was interesting to the audience that they needed and then that's how i used those series as a way to do a micro research and then turn mm -hmm. it into a product so, yeah, that's what, that's what I see like with CEOs. It's you're constantly doing research. Like that's kind of what your marketing is. You're constantly doing research. You're seeing what the people want. You're asking people what they want and you're building up to that, you know, building the awareness and then letting the audience drive which direction you take it because you want to sell or give the service or whatever that they want, that they're looking for. It's so important to be on video. Everyone should be on video and we're giving great reasons why you need to be on video, but why do you think it's so important now more than ever that people need to be on video, especially businesses? Sure. So video are the quickest way and the most authentic way to connect with your audience. People will connect better with video researchers show that 80% of conversion happens from a video placement rather than static post, yeah. um, especially for product-based business. So if you are a, you know, if your aim is end consumer, that's a very good way. That's a very good approach to have. The reason why we are more connected to video, and if you think about it, in the history of social media from YouTube all the way to TikTok, now, TikTok nowadays, mm -hmm. videos have always been the main conversion point for everybody. Everybody yeah. that does video is more relatable, is more authentic. People connect to it because there is a, a more authentic connection from it. And in the last two years, being very restricted with the socializing, being very restricted with 
all the you know COVID problems that we had, we really lost that human touch and human connection. So video was a great yeah. replacement why we couldn't go outside. And mm-hmm. you know, also we used that as a as an escape mechanism to yes. really do not think about anything else. And that's why infotainment go into place the ability to give information but also make it entertaining uh, and yeah. that's where I think it was born <laughs> Entertainment, yeah. <laughs> yeah and I see that I that's that's a great point and that's what I was thinking too and I also see too that's how it influenced video to become more um raw and unedited as well so it's like these this huge rise in TikTok I mean TikTok is the most unfiltered you know, video platform out there. And it is just, it's taking off. It's one of the, it's I think it's the top, velocity. It's the top platform. Yeah, right it's, it's, it's velocity, you know, mm-hmm. we, our attention span is going down. Everything oh, yeah. is shorter, quicker, uh, snappier. Everything has yes. to be, you need to wrap up a lot of information within 20 to 30 seconds, uh, up to 90 seconds now. But I think what happened was our attention span due to the amount of information we were in front of during COVID was very little. So mm-hmm. we're going from having a, you know, very short videos on TikTok. And now slowly but surely, I don't know if you notice, there is a pattern yes. going on with platforms. We are gaining more seconds every month. We went from 30 to That's 90 on Reels. Yeah. yeah. And now, you know, TikTok is going to launch a 10 minutes video in vertical because their main competitor is YouTube, where Instagram main competitor is TikTok. So it's really interesting to me to see how everybody is sort of, they sort of becoming all the same in a way. And, but they all have different aim. Like TikTok is very much trying to compete with YouTube. YouTube is seeing power into vertical videos so shorts are very strong and you know the reach is bigger on on vertical videos uh, for across every platform really um but now what tiktok is trying to do is to put a 90 sec uh, to put a 10 minutes video i believe by the end of the year um as a limit so i wonder what it's gonna look like yeah, I'll be curious to see how that yeah a year from now we're gonna have a longer form video again so i think um it's really interesting shift. What I know is that my attention span is the same one of a hamster. I have a hamster <laughs> attention span. Like literally, I don't have any any patience anymore. And I realized that um, after COVID, I think I cannot deal with more than two minutes. And if I do, I have to put them in speed up. <laughs> yes, or it has to be very. Um... It has to be very eye-catching or a lot is happening, you know, a lot of shifts happening within that span of That's the why I yeah. edit my video in the way I do it. I am very cut. much into transition, jump yeah. cat, because that's coming back to the content I would like to see. That's yeah, the content exactly. I will engage with. So yeah. and when it comes to video, you you need to experiment you need to try video it's a big big scary thing for a lot of people mm-hmm. will i look will i look you know will i look perfect or how do i sound my voice looks terrible or you know i sound and, terrible you know all these funny? things yes and you know what's funny is no one cares no exactly. one cares i say that all the time to people i'm like on i go this is gonna sound harsh but i'm like nobody cares they care it's true they don't care <laughs> right you know they don't- i always carry on sorry Oh, that's okay. I was just going to say like, they don't care about a bad hair day. If you, you know, you, you stumble over a word, they don't care. They probably don't even notice um, because we're our own, we are our own worst critic. So we're going to notice all those things. You know, if we I are watch- our biggest troll, I yeah, honestly yeah. say that. Yeah, exactly. You know and I mean? usually who, who does care about those things is people that are not your target audience anyway. The people that yeah. will stamp into your video for another reason, they found you by mistake. Exactly. And because they don't, they don't know your narrative, they don't know who you are as a person, they don't know what you're talking about, they will point out or what they see. However, there is a very big mindset shift that I always educate my clients to take on. And it's, you know, when you're starting off with video, mm-hmm. you are thinking of being the message of the video but in reality you are the messenger yeah yeah so when you are sharing a video people will find you because they are looking for a solution to a problem you are delivering that solution and you are the messenger so you're only there to deliver that solution Mm -hmm. so that's how they will come to you they will invest on on you in terms of 
okay, this person was really useful. Thank you so much. It w- it's a step away from Google. I found it on Instagram. Oh, let me try it on. And then you, they step into another video of yours. You share another information they need. I said, oh, this is really useful too. Let me try it on. Then they step in another video of yours. So, oh, I actually did, li- did I really like this person. Let me follow them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The personality comes after once you gave enough information for them to trust you. And then they're going to be like, oh, I actually want to know more about this guy. What does yes. it do this video? Yes. And then, and it's, I, I'm glad you bring that up too. It's because you could, you could be the best at what you do. You can deliver that information, but there is that extra step that consumers now take. And I think that's why video is so important as well is we want to be able to know and trust the person We want to like the person. And I think especially as a service-based business, when I know that I'm going to be working with you for an extended period of time or working directly with you, I want to, you know, I want to like you. I want to relate to you in some way or feel, um, you know, feel that we would get along kind of thing. Absolutely. So that personality, you know, it's like, okay, this is great. Everything he, you know, everything he or she offers is fantastic. And then but then you're like, mm, I just don't vibe with them. Or maybe you're like, yeah, exactly. Right. But who is she? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because yeah. It, it does go down to very simple human connection most of the time. And for me, I always share this. I'm like, well, don't worry too much about the outcome of your first video. You're going to, mm-hmm. you're going to have to look weird in line to them look fine. It's a process. Yeah. And it's the same thing. You know, I love to see the, progress of people when they start with the trending audio yeah. we will do it when they go with te- pointing into text bubble because that's what everybody does and i always say that's not my cup of tea but yeah, if same. this is a step forward to make you more comfortable and to actually get to actually get you started be my yeah. guest and do it yeah you know yeah oh yeah exactly and and too i mean even me myself i'm i'm extremely comfortable on video um, but even myself, I have seen a progress with my videos. And the thing is, is they wouldn't have gotten better if I didn't start. Like if I didn't yeah. start, you know, let's say, you know, th- three years ago, if I wouldn't have started creating video content, um, then if I started today, I would almost, if you think about it, I would be three years behind. Like my video would be what it was three years ago if I started today. Yeah. So it's like, don't wait, don't think, oh, I got to wait till I'm ready or wait till it's perfect because what is perfect anyway, but it's not going to be perfect. And you're always going to find something to improve on. And that is the whole process. That's how you get better and, you know, and get more comfortable and uh, perfect your message and how you deliver it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I want to share something about perfectionism because I am a recovering perfectionist. When I started on social media, I wasted so much time um, trying to perfect the whole graphic the whole editing the whole lighting and I remember taking my first like recording my first YouTube video and I recorded it 18 times wow yeah (laughs) so that was where I realized I was like okay if I am doing this for the long run I'm gonna have to actually overcome this perfectionism thing because it's not going to be healthy for me it's just gonna no there's no time it's going to be draining it's not going to work so what happened was is you know thankfully as we mentioned before the type of video is less um you know less polished now more raw which allows you to be uh, faster and Mm -hmm. add that velocity to your strategy you can do a video within 10 seconds and actually put some text in the video it's ready to go you know and now this type of video works so much better than the very polished edited video uh, that we used to. Also, when it comes to perfectionism and start something new, we always, for some reason, want to be the best at that something new that we're trying. So, for example, if you're if you've never done video before, you're gonna start looking at other people's video. You're gonna start to compare your video and say, oh, great, so I need these lights. Okay, great, I need this background. Oh, amazing, I need yeah. this camera because. What happened in there, you're seeing this end, this final product of them, and you're thinking that has to be like yours. But here's the shift. You are comparing yourself to a stage of product that is not the stage you are now. When they yeah. go to the level of being, you know, you have a very edited video, it's very, very important in, to be super polished. That's stage 10 for them. You are stage one. So my advice is, okay, great. You like that creator. 
you like that person that you follow religiously, you follow all their steps, go back to their feed and go to the very first video they share. That's the video. If you want yeah. to do a comparison game, you <laughs> need to compare idea. yourself. Between. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is a good idea. So why do people prefer to see video um, content from their favorite brands, right? Because we talked about seeing video as being connected human-wise, you know, during the pandemic and all that, but from businesses in particular, you know, why is video so important? Yes. So I think that's a very good question. And I'm going to bring you two examples. So we have product-based businesses and then we have service-based businesses. And the way and the reason why video is so important for both of them uh, are the following. So when you're a product-based business, the reason why video content converts better is because as a consumer, I will find your website as a last part of my consumer journey most of the time. The first place where I will look for you will be on social media. And what I want to see on social media isn't an extension of the media, you know, of the videos and pictures that you use on your website. I want to see a real content. So Mm -hmm. I want to see a video where you show me how the product works. I want to see tutorial. I want to see different ways of using the product. So I'm going to bring you to example. When I was working in corporate and I was in the beauty industry, we will always have influencers and content creators to share the product as part of their um, review. And, you know, they will always have other products with it because that's the way we were able to compare it. And that Mm -hmm. was the argument with my boss because he was like, why are we paying somebody to share a view about our product but it's mixed with with other products that they use? Because this is how people buy. People are not going to buy your whole range in one go. They will mix it and match with what they use. So if you're able to create a placement with a content creator is a piece of media that you pay for, uh, but at the same time, it's very authentic to them. This will convert so much better. Another big point when you're doing video is to be able to share um, the reason why your product is different. And I worked with this client last year. It was a cashmere brand. They had this cashmere brand, which was very high quality, very expensive. And they were not really believing on social media. And I tell you why. They were using social media, um, basically just repurposing the picture they pay money for to put on the website. So they came to me on our discovery call and they go like, oh, well, I don't believe in social media because we put content in, it doesn't work. Uh, I don't think social media is right for us. And I was like, well, I tell you why it's not right for us. It always I am, it's done right, right. Yeah, it does. It's just the measurement and the return of investment is different because, you know, awareness is a return of investment. It's just not measured in the way you think you should be measured. I'm so glad you bring that up. I say that all the time. Marketing ROI is different. It's not always measured in sales or dollars, right? You have trust you're building, awareness you're building. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a very good example because I, we were on this call and I'm going to, and I said to them, this is why it doesn't work. I am your end consumer. I buy cashmere. I love cashmere. Um, I will not spend the money on your product because I don't know it. I'm sure it's great. I just, if I don't see it, nobody else will. And the reason why was because I was like, there isn't a video where you shared with me why your cashmere is $259 compared to another one that is $99. What is the difference in material? There isn't a video where you share with me um, why you came out with this type of cashmere rather than another one. You didn't share any video where I don't see any person walking with a cashmere jumper from you. I don't see any person touching any cashmere jumper from you. All these things are relinked linked to emotions okay we Mm want to feel that we're attaching the product which is why when you do skincare brands and you try the product in tutorial this is why it's such a big industry because people want to see the product in action and this is the same for clothing i you know i was like why don't we pay why don't we get someone in your team in your store to actually style this cashmere jumper how can you style a cashmere jumper and turn an outfit from day to night that's yeah. a very interesting thing. I will. This is coming back to the content I would like to see. And this is the content yeah. your consumer would like to see. And I am your own consumer. So I explained to that and we created a strategy where we sort of build value rather than mm-hmm. sharing value. And this is a very key word. We build value to educate the client to take action and buy. And this links me to yeah. service-based businesses. When you're a service-based business, uh, you are sharing you know, information about your industry. But the way you do it is strategic because if you're sharing too much value, you're only one step away from Google. And people will come to you just because it's easier. They know you. People connect and interact with what is familiar to them. So if they see you a lot of times, they will come to you because they don't have to Google what they need. You just give it to them. You're a trusted resource now. 
exactly. Mm-hmm. Building value, on the other hand, it's when you're building, you know, when you're educating people to take action about a specific thing. On a service-based business, it would be sharing a tutorial, for example, as a if one of my one of my niches is banking and finances, which is very mm-hmm. difficult to market on social media because you know I work with this loan, uh, like they, this company they do loan. It's a loan firm. They help you to find okay. the right loan for your house. Okay, mm-hmm. so to mortgage your house in the right way. So the way we build value with it was we were sharing interest interesting content about the industry. So sharing different type of mortgage, what kind of mortgage can you get, what does deposit look like you know, information about the industry. This were general information to captivate the audience. And then what we were doing, we were going live with the founder and we would be like taking question about specific mortgage, a specific, um, you know, finance concern that people had in the community. So that's building value because we are using the community as a way to showcase more expertise. But at the same time, we're educating the person to take action and say, okay, great, we are the right people for you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a very big big thing. So if you're someone out there listening right now and you're a product-based business or a service-based business, if you're a service-based business, I will say, make sure that what you're sharing on social media as educational content is still linked to your paid offer. So think about the steps that your paid offer has and think about which stage is your consumer at when they find you and try to mark it backwards. What do they need to know to find me? What yeah. do they have to have to find me? You know, it is really important to know when the person needs your service because they're going to budget for it. So if they don't know at which stage the consumer is at when they find you, they don't know if they're in the right stage for you yet. And that's a very right. important part. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I I say that often too. I say that a lot too, is, you know, we talked about marketing ROI, you know, how it's about awareness and trust and you're building all of that over time. So now that you bring that up, you don't know where, like if someone finds you today, you don't know where they are yet in that journey. Maybe they're at the very beginning and maybe they're like, okay, I definitely want to work with this person, but maybe they're working on their budget and they're budgeting for it. And they know that they can work with you maybe in the next six months, but they just kind of sit back silently and they're watching and they're waiting. Um, and then when they're ready, they reach out. So, so you as the, you know, um, CEO and the person creating content, you have to realize that the person watching you might already be interested. You got to keep them interested. You got to show them the value. Um, so that when they are ready, they don't, um, you know, that they, they come to you if you don't show up, someone else will. So (laughs) exactly. As you know, the investment on social media that you're making will be divide. We're going to work on dividing your business into different seasons, And we're going to focus, uh, on a different goal each season. And the ultimate goal is to convert into sales, but that to you allows you to understand, okay, great. So I have X amount of month of working with this client. And this is how they can track me to see if I'm doing the right job or not. But marketing is not sales. That's why there is a sales exactly. thing. Yeah, there's it's a awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's linking to the, to the point that we shared before. Awareness is a return of investment. We know that there's this whole journey that, um, you know, uh, prospects are going on when they become aware of you. And to just, you know, try that for two months. Well, you might have 10 people over here that are, won't be ready for maybe five months. And if you only try it for two months and then you drop off, you know, and you're not marketing anymore, um, they're going to go to someone else who, who is staying in front of them. So I would love to leave people with some tips, um, you know, that, that they can start incorporating video into their strategy, or if they're not comfortable on video, what can they do? So I would say a very good tip for anyone starting out with video is to think about video in a more open way. It isn't only about being on camera. You can do videos in different formats. You can do voiceovers. You can actually do time lapse of your. I love time day. lapse. I do too. Yeah, so you can do yeah. a little day in your lifetime lapse, and then you can voiceover, and that can become a reel. Or you can take your best performing carousel and turn it into a reel with text and slides, and then you can walk your audience through with voice. And it's a very cool way of doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can also think about okay, great. I don't really feel comfortable to show my face yet. So what can I do? Think about actually using the power of voiceovers completely on your stories, on your reels. You can do that on 
uh, you can do mini training or live. So you jump live and then you share the screen and you share some more information about the council that you recently posted. So that becomes like a little masterclass and then you can save that. And that becomes a video a, piece of content. That's a really great point because I even, um, I think I recently saw a study or something that said simply hearing a voice actually instantly builds trust with, yeah, even if they don't see your face, but just hearing your voice. The voice is so powerful. I will say for anyone struggling with camera confidence, start with your voice. That's a very big tip. Yeah. I love and that. And if, yeah. if you instead are not used to video and you're struggling to remember to film videos, I will say, I'm going to give two tips. The first one is to make you accountable with video. So I will say, educate yourself to film a little time lapse every day, a 10 seconds video every day about what you're doing. And then at the end of the week, you stitch them together and it becomes a little blog and you can share that on story and you can use your voice to voice over it. So for example, on the weekend, I am never on social media. However, I do go to places, I go to restaurants. So I do like a little 10 seconds video and maybe a 10 seconds video of the view and then a yeah. 10 second video of me walking with a coffee. And then I voice over and the story comes up together because that's yeah. sort of how it happens, right? We don't have, um, you know, to film everything, he has to right. be a little sneak peek and then you stitch it together. Doesn't so have to that's be a, a full very, production. Exactly. Right. So that's the very first thing to do for you to become accountable and remember to film. If you instead are looking to gain confidence in front of the camera, I will say you want to do this for 10 days. You go on your camera and you start filming yourself and you're going to speak about your day, um, what happened today, just like you're speaking to your best friend on FaceTime. And what you're going to do, you're going to do this for 10 days, but you're not going to watch your videos back until the same day. And then when you watch it back, you want to watch the video only by watching the video without the audio. So you can focus on your body language and then you can take notes about what that body language is saying to you. How does that make you feel? Does it make you feel comfortable, uncomfortable? Do you feel relaxed? Do you feel awkward? And that's just by your body language. Once you've done that with one video, you can move to the next one and just listen to the voice without watching the video. And yeah. then you can think about how does your voice sound? Do, do you like your voice? You probably don't. We all hate our voices on camera. <laughs> um, so you're going to have to get used to it. So you want to take that. And you would actually be very um, keen and be not too hard on yourself if you like your voice. Just take time to perfection it. And yeah. later on, and then the last, then last step is you're going to take another video that you film and you're going to watch it all together. And then you're going to take more notes. And then the last thing you want to do is to watch another video and you watch the whole thing together. And then you compare and you connect all the points of the last previous two, but that allows you to understand what you have to work on next when you're looking to do more videos. So that's yeah. a very good exercise. It allows you to become accountable because you film yourself every day. It allows you to get comfortable around the idea of filming on video and documenting rather than just sharing. Yeah. And that's a very big part. And also with the same thing with stories, filming 10 seconds every day and stitching them all together is documenting for you. And people like documentation because people love to see what's happening behind the screen. Oh, and yeah. At the same time, the little exercise of, you know, taking notes with, with mute or like not looking at yourself on camera allows you to understand in a very strategic way what is exactly that one thing that makes us care about the camera. And let me tell you, most of the time it will be one thing, but because of the whole package when you're filming on social media, um, the, you have this, the fear of sharing that video, which is why I said film for seven days, but do not share that. Keep it on yeah, your camera. Do it for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that gives you accountability, allows you to learn more about yourself and allows you to understand that you're going to have a list of what you're going to have to work on next. So these are my tricks for video for starters. That's a little bit of stuff. Yeah, I think those are good tricks. Good tricks, especially the list, listening to yourself over and over again. It's being familiar makes you comfortable. Yeah. It's Even with yourself. Things. You do, you do. And, you know, my, my friends always make jokes of me because it was like, you know, when, you, when we're going for dinner, you have your normal voice. But when you're on camera, you have your commentator <laughs> voice. So, like, my friend the other day was like, okay, so reporting from New York City, Joseph Rebell is here on the table. What would you like to say? And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, listen, my margarita last night did not end well. So, as I'm too hungry for this, let's talk about it on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, so fun it's true it's like when you hit record it's like you're on right yeah it's like you it's, just it's turn so, on I do I do yeah, it's hilarious I'm like that too. 
And so when I when I when I did the Digital Boston podcast, I used to start the second season. People were messaging me on Instagram. They were like, "Oh my god, I love the fact that you change your intro." And I'm like, "Sorry, what do you mean?" I said, like, "Well, I love the fact that you are reporting now information about digital marketing." I was like, "Yeah, you're right." Because I keep saying, you know, I was like reporting from York, United Kingdom. Joseph Rebelli here. You are listening to the Digital Bosses podcast. <laughs> so it was very like reporting style, and I was yeah. like, oh, "I like that." Yeah. And it was very unique. Nobody was doing it. So I was like, you know, it works. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> go with being yourself in that way, because that's, what's going to make you stand out. Obviously yeah, they exactly. noticed. So they did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's crazy what yeah. people notice when I do live, for example, I say, hello, hello. Just really here. Yes. Welcome. Yeah. And everybody's like, I love your hello. So I'm sorry. Yeah. What do you hello, mean? Hello. Your intro. Hello, yeah. I was like, oh my God. I said, I never thought about it. I was like, that's really funny. I said, I'm going to keep yeah. it. Thank you for giving me a feedback. So it's really yeah. funny. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's funny too. Cause when I first started doing video on Instagram, you know, for my business, um, right away, people were like, oh my God. And I never thought of this, but everyone was like, oh, I love your voice. It's so soothing. Like I could listen to you all day. And I was like, yeah, I do too. I love your really? voice. Well. That was oh, one of the you. best things. <laughs> Thanks. But I was like, really? It's like something you don't notice about yourself, but everyone else picks up on it. Yeah. Well, and, let uh, me tell you something. Somebody said to me, oh, you know, I love your voice. And so my, my best friend said to me, Joseph, your voice is everything but soothing. So people know oh. that they're awake when they listen to you. Say, your process is great. You're very good at what you're doing, but you're everything but soothing. And I was like, ah. I'm going to take this as a compliment. You know, I said, you know, I talked about marketing and I said, you know, people need to be awake when they're in it. So I was like, thanks. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Because I had someone say to me once, I could fall asleep listening to your voice. And I was like, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's, but yeah, that's but the you problem do sometimes. have. Yeah, you do have a very energetic, like welcoming voice. Like it's thank I, you. Yeah, I do love especially when you know, hello, hello. Exactly. <laughs> well, I tried. It's funny because you know, at the beginning, I was trying. You do try different things, especially in my first podcast. I remember I was trying to have this very soothing voice for that. And you know, I yeah. listen back to myself two years later, and I'm like, God. Is this an Instagram like, strategy? I was like, is this an Instagram strategy or I'm only finds commentary? That doesn't work for me. It's not me. I was yeah. like, that's good. But you need to try. You need to try. And yeah. you know, the whole purpose of sharing this is to, to share how interesting is the process for every one of us is very different. And I think, yeah. you know, if you're thinking, because what happens is when you're following somebody on social, you start to um, emulate them and you don't realize that you speak like that oh yeah and, you know mm-hmm. and I see a lot of people like there was this guy that um, uh, unfortunately I realized he was copying my content um, oh, no. later on he was doing plagiarism but I remember I, I stepped into him and he was doing a video about camera confidence and about video strategy and I remember going into his comments and I was like I was like buddy from a for, I said from a perspective of somebody that never takes a breath breathe uh, I was like he was speaking very fast I was like you know what is really difficult for people and people were saying to him on the comments and I was like you know I said buddy people he was speaking really really fast you know mm-hmm. and you know I have an accent and his accent was stronger than mine and he was I don't remember where he was from but the thing yeah. is like, I said I said I think the difficulty here I was like buddy I'm not trying to be horrible to you but I think people have difficulty to understand what you say because you're speaking too fast and I was like you know yeah. I'm Italian we never take breaks but let me tell you it's okay you can take <laughs> You can pause once in a while, yeah. You can pause, and a breathing is still legal. So I was like, uh, you can. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's true. Some people do talk really fast, and then there's the opposite—the people who talk really, really slow. slow. And it's like, come on, I just get it out. <laughs> that drives me insane. I don't have the yes. energy for that. Um, that's God. where you know I have some podcasts that I listen to, and I I find myself literally. Okay, where is the transcript? I need to read this. Yeah, I'm like, like I, can I can't. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because you know, people are so I have busy, no right? No patience anymore. Yeah. It's so bad. Oh my gosh. It's really wow. bad. But thank you so much for sharing all of this. I think you had some amazing, amazing tips. And I mean, this is why I had you on today because I know you are you're just so good at video. I mean, you're one of the thank first you. people. <laughs> yeah, you're one of the first people I connected with when I started doing Instagram for my business. And you know, you just yeah, you just stand out because your video is so well edited. 
you, you show up consistently on video, um, which I think is so important more now than ever. And it's why we talked about all of this today. Um, but yeah, it, you just, you just gotta do it. And if you're not comfortable, like we just, you just explained, there are ways that you can get there. Um, and just have fun with it. I think because the journey is half the fun. Cause like I said, even my first videos, I'm just like, why did I do that? And I laugh at it now, right? It's oh, like something I haven't <laughs> shared is, you know, cause I said before, go back to the favorite creator first video and, yeah. you know, look at that and compare yourself today. If you have to compare yourself to something. So my very first reel, not saying that I'm your favorite creator, but what I'm saying is <laughs> the very first reel I remember was when we started really was the day after they released the feature and it was a Dua Lipa song with me okay. crossing eyes in the screen because I only had <laughs> one contact on. So I only have one contact lens on and my phone frozen. So I shared the reel, which had 6,000 view. And it's basically this wow. person, um, you know, I am wonky eyes, looked at the screen and tried the green screen. And so I always say to my, you know, to my friend, I was like, wow, you got 6,000 views. I'm like, yeah, out of compassion because I look yeah. hideous. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was like, you're so good at this. You got 6,000. I said, like, come down. I said, like, I have 6,000 of you because it's a new feature. So Instagram is pushing everything. <laughs> and secondly, I was like, the rest of it, it's just because they, they look at this and say, poor guy, what's wrong with him? And I said, like, just, you know. <laughs> give him a line. Yeah. <laughs> look at him. Try to, try to understand how life works. <laughs> so, I love so. it. I'm going to look for that video now, you know. Oh, you need to do that. Yeah. So, <laughs> This is the this is the takeaway from this podcast is like even if you look wonky and then yep. a year from now you're looking at yourself and you're not looking wonky anymore, you win. That's yep. right. That's right. Yeah, it's really Love important it. to, you know, looking back at yourself a year from now. And if you are at the same stage where you were, so still scared of video a year from now, you're not growing fast enough. You just need to yeah. do it. Yeah. And that's the thing. There's no bigger regret than not starting. Exactly. Yeah. And also it, it, it you might love it. You might hate it, but it is really equally important in life to know what you like as it is to know what you don't like. Yeah, exactly. So great. Thank you so much, Joseph. You're very welcome. Yes. And I will be sure to, you know, have all of your information linked below as well so people can find you and, you know, see what you're offering and what you're up to. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, thank you so much. I really had fun. Yeah, it was amazing. I hope you found some useful tips to start incorporating video into your online marketing efforts to help you better connect with your audience and some ideas to help you convert your audience into clients. For more information on Joseph, you can find him online at Rubelli Digital. That's R-U-B-E-L-L-I digital.com and on Instagram at Joseph Rubelli. His information will also be included in the description of this podcast. If you're looking for video coaching help, reach out to Joseph. And if you're looking for someone to help you create and manage a complete digital marketing strategy online for your business, I'm just one quick message away. And once again, I'm Lindsay Berta, founder of Berta Marketing, a marketing agency designed specifically for small business owners where I handle all of your marketing so you can focus on what you love. For more small business marketing tips, subscribe to this podcast or find me online at bertamarketing.com. Thanks for listening.